0: Well, let me ask you this. What season are you in when it's 80 degrees and two days later it's snowing? Ohio. <laughs> 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 the season in <of> Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It'll snow in June it be 80 degrees in December. That <laughs> we well, does sound Christmas. like the Midwest. It does. <laughs> yes. It does. <laughs> if you'd open your Bibles, please, to Ephesians 4. You know, it's so funny because every now and then somebody will say, wow, you know, look at the weather changes and everything. But you know what? I always say that's spring. What we've been experiencing here in March and now April, that's spring for you, right? The wind and the rain and you can't decide to put the air conditioning on or the heat. (laughs) We're going back and forth. Yeah, okay. Let's look at Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the service, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, And carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. You know, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about tonight is wisdom perspective. A wisdom perspective. Because we've got right here, we've got a child who is being tossed by the winds and the waves. How many of you have ever been down at the beach and watched a little kid get played in the surf and then here comes a big wave and knocks him over? You know, it's kind of funny, isn't it? You know, to kind of watch. But a lot of times a little kid doesn't think it's very much fun. <laughs> and I've seen before, you have the little child getting knocked over and then all of a sudden, ah, the big bad wave hurt me and here comes dad, you know, pick him up, reassure him it's going to be okay. But you know what? Children in life many times get knocked down by waves knocked down by events by things that are happening and it says here that these we are to no longer be children a child is someone who is easily knocked off balance you know a little kid playing the surf is more easily knocked over than his dad right because his dad is is taller bigger has more strength and and all of that and so what a child is one that is easily knocked around. You know, a child um, doesn't have a frame of reference for the cycles of life, doesn't have a frame of, of reference for seasons of life. They just look and it's the big bad wave that attacked them. They don't see their part to play or that maybe if they went in a little bit direction, it wouldn't be like this. But all they're seeing is every time I try to stand up, this wave knocks me over. And we see people who live their lives like that. They go from one catastrophe to the next. They go from one being freaked out to the next time being freaked out. And there's a lack of stability in people's emotions, if not in the circumstances of their life. When a a child or a person is caught up in all the waves. Do you know that's being caught up in all the surface agitation? If you think about this, if you go out there on the beach, and you get out there, and if the wind's blowing, you know, the waves are, are, you've got your white caps, I mean, the waves are really kicking up quite a bit. But where is it quiet? It's down deep, isn't it? I can remember that as a kid, we grew up near the lake and sometimes we'd go out there and we'd be swimming out there in the water, it'd be windy. And I didn't like that, the wind would come and it would just blow, it was kind of rough. So if you get down deep underneath, it's pretty quiet down there, you know. A lot of people in life are getting caught up in surface agitation. It's the surface things that are going on in their lives. You know, a little bit of wind comes and then there's a little trouble. There's a little agitation going on. And the thing is, folks, that we want to mature and grow up and get to where we can handle surface agitation or we're going to just go deep and get in deeper waters. Go in deep where we're not so easily knocked around by these things. You know, if you think about the story of when Peter was walking on the water, Remember when Jesus had, was out there and, and Peter said, Oh, is that you? He said, If that's you, bid me come. And so Peter gets out of the boat and he goes walking on the water to go meet with Jesus. And he was doing pretty good until what? Until he saw the winds and the waves. Until his attention got off of God and got on his circumstances. To say nothing of, Man, you're walking on the water. I mean, that was pretty impressive, right? But instead of looking at the wonderful thing that was happening in his life right then, he got nervous because of all the surface agitation, the circumstances. And folks, this is what happens to people who are inexperienced or are young in the things of the Lord or people who need to grow up a little bit more. It's because when you're too freaked out by what's going on in your life, that means it's time to grow up a little bit. Okay? Now, there's nothing wrong with being a child when you are a child. It's completely appropriate for somebody six years old or ten years old to get knocked around by waves. All right? It's completely appropriate in your life. But I've known some people, they have known the Lord for ten years, fifteen years, twenty years, and they still freak out every time anything happens. Folks, when you're six years old in the Lord, that's one thing. But when you've been walking with God for a while, it's time to develop some stability and start growing up a little bit, okay? And I'm not saying this to fuss at anybody in this room. I'm just saying that people in this church, we're all committed to growing up. That's just all there is to it. You know, it's like we are th- we are thrilled and enjoying, you know, watching our, our pregnancies and our babies and our new kids, and, and they're growing up. But you know what? We don't want them to stay there. We, we're, we're enjoying, and they're going, yes and amen. I mean... <laughs> But aren't we all enjoying watching the progress that's being made you know we're watch enjoying watching the little ones grow up you know. It's a wonderful thing. And it's a sad thing when you're not seeing that kind of growth and stability that happens in a person. We've all seen some people that came to the Lord and they just took off. I mean, they began to apply everything they were learning. They didn't argue with the preacher. They just said, that's it. That's the Bible. I believe it. I'm doing it. And we've watched those people just grow and really flourish. We've seen other people that never seem to be able to take the wisdom of the Word of God and put it into their daily lives. And so they go from catastrophe to catastrophe, disaster to disaster, without any kind of stability, and they're constantly agitated. Y'all have known people like that, right? Nobody in this church, but we always know people like that. Okay. <laughs> now, you think about that. When, when a child is being tossed around like that, his attention is completely drawn to his circumstances. This is all that he knows, And this is what happens when children in the Lord or people in uh, Christians are being drawn away by circumstances. They can't see anything except their circumstance. All they can see is the wind and the waves. It's agitating. I'm getting banged up by life or whatever. And that's all that they can see. And it's a very dramatic time. I was talking to Jen about some of these things yesterday. And I was saying, you know, what happens is that the older that you get, and, well, not even entirely the older you get, because some people just never mature, right? Gray hair is no sign of maturity. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and black hair is no sign of immaturity. So let's just toss that out. But <laughs> at any rate, we have, we, have, we have seen people who are young, either they're, they're young chronologically or they're young in the things of God, they have a tendency to get upset and rattled a little easier than somebody that's been walking for a while. You know, when you had gained some years um, naturally and you've gained some years in serving the Lord, you kind of had gotten to where you've been around the block once or twice. <laughs> Folks, I've been around the block at least twice. <laughs> okay. And so what happens is you begin to gain a wisdom perspective to where you're not so easily freaked out by everything that happens. And we were, we were talking about this and this is just a fact of life, you know. When something is new for you, if you, for example, you've never been to high school, you've never been to college, you've never had to go get a real job, you've never had any of those things that many people do in their lives, how did you feel the first time you were doing that? You're a little bit nervous about it, right? Go to high school with all the big kids, you know, get crammed into a locker maybe, but, but there's a little fear, or you go away to college. How am I going to fit in? Am I going to have friends? What's going to happen? Because you know what? It's a new experience for you. But after you've been to college two years, three years, four years Mm -hmm. plus, after a while, the thrill is gone, isn't it? You're not worried about it. You're not nervous about it at all, okay? And things, it's because a little bit of experience, you understand it's going to be okay. You begin to take things a little bit more in stride. And I have found... I've told people in counseling for years, I have heard it all. You're not going to sit across from me in a counseling room and tell me something I hadn't heard before. After a while, you've heard it all and nothing shocks you. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Wouldn't you like your counselor not to be shocked? (laughs) Wouldn't that be good? And so, so what does that mean? It's just like, okay, this is life. These are the cycles of life. People go through things, you know. Do you know that churches lose members? What? Yeah. (laughs) If you didn't know that, let me tell you, churches lose members. (laughs) It's a fact of life. I don't care how wonderful the pastor, how wonderful the music, how great the congregation, churches lose members. Those are facts of life Mm -hmm. that you can do very little about, you know. People get up and move away. These are things that happen. So as we grow in the things of God, we wind up... Not being so easily rattled, freaked out or upset, but whatever kind of little wave (coughs) comes into our lives, okay? Being a child is a normal part of life and in every child's life there are adults that are there to help teach that child and support that child. So you have a little kid who gets caught in the surf. If he gets knocked down, he's got somebody older than he is, can come alongside and can pull him up and reassure him and comfort him and let him know it's going to be okay. Do you know the Bible says that we are to comfort one another with the comfort that we ourselves have received? Mm -hmm. Do you know that when you have gone through a challenge and a difficulty, you've seen God bring you through, you are able to identify, empathize, and minister to somebody else who's going through a similar thing right then right and that's it god has given us people in our lives that are older than us that have been through some things even if not identical to what we're going through they've been through something similar and they're there to help us grow up and to teach us things about the goodness of god you know aren't you glad that there are adults in your life spiritual adults in your life people who have been there to help you to put some wisdom to give you a fresh perspective you know Because for a child who is facing the surf for the first time and getting knocked over, that's the wildest thing they've ever known. It's the most, you know, crazy experience they've ever had. And when you are going through a tremendous challenge like you've not been through before, the tendency is to freak out because what am I going to do? You have to go through some stuff, folks. Mm -hmm. You have to go through some stuff. This is called life, going through stuff. You know that... Where everybody, if they told you that being a Christian meant no problems in your life, they lied. <laughs> Actually, your problems tend to increase because now you're a target. But the thing is, see, God doesn't want a little bunch of hothouse flowers. He wants people that know how to go through seasons and change. People who learn to develop stability and consistency in their lives. You know, when you see people that you haven't seen for a long time, how many of y'all, like, gone to the high school reunion or gone back to the family reunion or something, and you found two kinds of people? You found, you know, little, little Billy Bob, who's not matured one iota, <laughs> who's still doing spitballs, and this time, you know, I mean, he hasn't got any hair on his head and everything, but he still thinks that's funny. <laughs> Ever seen one of those kind of clowns, right? Somebody that never really matured. And then, and, for, and you can say, you know what? Some people never change. And we've seen that. I remember going to my high school reunion. They were still talking about being 18 and getting party. I mean, partying and stuff. And I was like, don't y'all have a life yet? <laughs> don't you have something else going on yet? But there, I mean, that's where they were. They had not matured past that situation. Okay. Anyway, and then you have... No, nah, I can't do that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we'll figure it out. And then you have... Those people at your family reunion or high school reunion, whatever, when you saw them, they were a delight to be with because they'd actually maybe used to be the class troublemaker, but now they've turned into a fine, stable citizen, raising, you know, a family, of the mayor, something like that. Somebody who, is, who has become who, somebody who has matured, who's learned some things from life. Isn't that right? You know what? I, I want it to be that when you and I meet people that we haven't seen in a long time, that they're seeing some increased stability and maturity, and we're not the guy with the (laughs) spitballs. Okay? Well, I've known Christians like that, you know. They are still stuck where they were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And if you talk to them, there's been no measurable growth or anything in their lives since then. Because some people have the idea that, well, once you get a certain thing under your belt, salvation, water baptism, baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking tongues, prophesy, evangelize, something, something you get under your belt, they decide they're done. I've got this now. Quit growing. Okay. How many of you know, you spend the rest of your life developing your doctorate in the things of God. That's what it's about. The day you quit growing is the day that you're done. Okay? Now, thank you for the amen. Okay. So the Bible says here, going back here in verse 15, that we are to grow up in all aspects into Him. Growing up is learning to see things from a wisdom perspective. You know, because a child gets freaked out by the surf, but um, an adult doesn't because you've been there for days. You know what it's like. It doesn't surprise you. It doesn't amaze you. So you have a perspective that a small child doesn't have. Growing up and gaining a wisdom perspective comes by learning and then applying that knowledge. It's where you're taking what you have heard and you're applying attention to it, wisdom, I mean to receive and develop wisdom in your own life. (coughs) Since it is spring and we are experiencing all this great weather that's fluctuating and we're talking about having a wisdom perspective. I like to bring out the analogy of a spring lamb. Now we don't have any uh, people who raise (coughs) sheep. Did you raise sheep as a kid? Okay. Alright. Didn't think so. Didn't think we hated those people here. But you know spring is a time when lambs are born and if you think about when a lamb is born they come and here the the grass is turning green and the birds are starting to sing and the days are warming up and they have got all that nice cuddly you know mama you and everybody hanging around and it is a bit stormy and it is a bit fluctuating but they're so caught up in being in part of the flock that they're not really caught up in all that fluctuation that's going on in the early part of spring and as spring progresses what happens the, sta- the temperatures begin to stabilize. I mean, you, you do have a frost date, right? A cutoff when there are things that begin to stabilize and you begin to anticipate more and more uh, sunny weather or more, more a few showers here and there. But the early, place, the early stages of spring, when it's so wildly fluctuating, those things are short-lived. And so a little lamb is born in a time when everything is just starting to turn green. It's starting to get warm. It's starting to get nice outside. Well, and then here comes summer. And What happens in summer? It's still green. It's still warm. Lazy days of summer out there jumping around having a good time. And so as far as a little lamb knows, that's how life is. Everything is coming up roses. Everything's hunky-dory. It's always good. There's always plenty to eat. There's plenty of sunshine. There's plenty of everything that you need. And then comes fall. Air starts getting cooler. Days start getting shorter. And all the green grass starts turning brown. And the fruits start drying up. And the leaves start dropping. And the little lamb, this is my exaggerated story. It's my illustration, right? Wonders what's wrong with my universe. Because I, it used to be so nice. But now our supply seems to be dwindling. You know, it's getting a little nip in the air. Days are getting shorter. What's going on? And then winter comes. It's the end of the world. (laughs) Now you think about it. If all that little lamb has known is spring and summer, what does he make of snow on the ground and ice and bare trees? We're going to (laughs) die. Right? Right? Are the other sheep nervous? No. No because they've seen winter before. Because the other sheep know that what follows winter is spring. The thing is the little lamb doesn't know that yet because he hasn't experienced it yet. Sometimes folks are going through what they think is the roughest, most disastrous time of their life. And you know what, they don't know that spring is still coming. They, all they can see is the current disaster. I'm telling you, spring is still coming. The older sheep just take it in stride. Do you know what? The attitude of an older sheep or an older Christian towards those little lambs who are being agitated and being upset is to be gentleness and patience, to have an attitude of gentleness and patience. Because back in the day, you also were once a little lamb that got a little shook up by things going on. You know what? In a supportive, healthy Christian environment, when we've got brothers and sisters who are going through challenges right now, it is our place is to reassure them that spring is coming, to let them know this is not the worst day of your life. You're going to be able to overcome, live through. And let me tell you about the grace of God, how things worked out in my life, how God delivered me and give some testimonies of some things to encourage one another. You know, the Bible says we are to encourage one another. That's something that, you know, everybody needs And so it's really helpful when you've got somebody else who's been through a challenge too that God has brought them through and they're able to bring some comfort and tell you about it. Isn't that right? So you know what? When we see people going through things, folks, please don't fuss at them for not having faith. Don't fuss at them for what kind of sin did you get in for going through this trouble. Let's be gentle and patient with people that are going through challenges because you know what? It's just a cycle. It's just a season. Just like, you know, the what they call the terrible twos and the terrible threes. They grow out of it. And whatever place you're in, you're going to grow out of it. And it says we are to speak the truth in love to help you grow up. Now, that means if you're getting stuck in a lot of self-pity, and if you're getting stuck in a lot of bad attitudes, that some people who know better, are supposed to come alongside and gently help you get past your self-pity and get past your hard times to help you grow up. Isn't that right? That's that speaking the truth in love part. Right? Speaking the truth in love to help one another to get past into the next season. Now, while you're in your season of challenge... You know what? You've got a couple of choices what you can do to get through them. You can be like the little lamb and you can freak out because it's autumn or because it's winter or freak out because the wind is cold or the the lightning is striking or whatever. Or we we can get angry, we can get fearful, and we can wish things were different. How many Christians have I known who spent so much time wishing it was different? I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish this hadn't happened. I wish that hadn't happened. You know what? I understand that for a short term because I've certainly been there. There's a lot of things I wish didn't happen, you know. But at some point, you've got to say, you know what? This is not spring anymore. I'm sorry that winter came, but winter's here. So instead of complaining about it, either go south to Florida for the winter <laughs> or break out a coat, but do something you know, uh, that's, that corresponds to the season that you're in right now so that we get off of just sitting in a place of I wish it didn't happen, I wish it wasn't like this. I've just seen so many people that's completely stuck. They're not growing. They have not learned to draw from the grace of God in the situation they're in because all they do is feel sorry for themselves and wish it didn't happen. Folks, life is hard, but God is good. There are things that happen to everybody. There have been things that happen in my life and things that happened in your life that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Isn't that true? Mm-hmm. I've had horrible things happen, haven't you? Mm-hmm. But you know what? God gets us through every time. And every, se- every season that you or I are in, it's a time to look in that season and say, God, what are you doing in the midst of my life right now? How am I supposed to grow up into all aspects into Christ Jesus? How many of y'all know that Jesus had some bad days? <laughs> right? He had some really good days, but he had some really bad days. But you know what? You don't see him giving up and quitting. You don't see him sitting over the corner feeling sorry for himself and whining about, but nobody likes me anymore. You don't see that. You see him being true to his mission, doing what God had called him to do, no matter about the circumstances. And not only that, but you see him trusting that God was going to take care of him. You know what? This is it. This is a place every time that you or I are in a season of difficulty, that's where God's calling us to trust him on a whole new level. And the challenge comes because you haven't been this way before. Remember the story of the Israelites, and and Joshua had told them, I think it was Joshua. I don't know Moses. One of those two guys. They're leading the guys, leading the Israelites through. And they told him, they said, "You hadn't been this way before, folks. I've been facing some things recently. I've never faced like this before. I mean, different aspects, of course, because there's nothing new under the sun. You know, understand that Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new." But I've been faced with some situations where I had to go, okay, we got to figure out a godly response here. There was one time several years ago I was facing a dilemma of a situation, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, I require that you live godly in this situation. I was like, okay, um, what would that be? (laughs) Because when you haven't faced something before, sometimes it's just not as cut and dried and black and white as you'd like to think. Mm -hmm. For example, there are times, you know, when somebody is hurting. Let me give you an illustration. There was a time many, many years ago, there was a family whose electricity got cut off. I went and turned it back on. I felt like that was what the right thing for me to do. I went and paid the bill, got the electricity turned back on. A few months later, that truce got turned off again. And the Lord said, do not do it. Now, if I had done it, that would have been ungodly. Mm-hmm. Looks good on the surface. But then I began to understand God was trying to do something in this family. And every time he did, some, somebody was always bailing them out. Mm-hmm. And they were not motivated to change anything that was going on in their life. You see, sometimes the very godly thing to do... It's something that is very hard for you to do because sometimes you want to show mercy and God's like, stop, don't. I've got them in a test right now, you know, so we can get angry. We can get fearful. We can wish things are different or we can just learn to grow in the season that we're in right now. You know, God knows what season you're in. You know, Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. From Genesis, God said, it's going to be like this. Four seasons a year, day and night. You're going to have this continually. And it's been like that for thousands of years. So it's not going to change, right? I mean, we're in spring, but we're expecting summer. We're expecting autumn. We're expecting winter, right? Mm-hmm. Sooner or later. It's going to come around. Isn't that right? Seasons come and seasons go. Do you ever wonder why? Why do we have seasons? Why did God make it that way? I mean, you think about it. God could have made it to where it was, you know, 80 degrees and sunshine year-round. But instead, the wisdom of God deliberately, on purpose, developed an ecosystem that required seasonal change and put us in it and said, get used to it. Have you ever wondered why? Why the wisdom of God? Do you know that seasons demand change? Apparently, it's good for us to experience change. Ah, now everybody's everybody's saying, oh man, I got too much change in my life. But you know what? Apparently, God wants us to learn to adapt to every change that comes. So just when you think you're getting really comfortable, here comes a cold snap. Time to break out your jacket. Just think when you're getting comfortable, here comes this or here comes that. God says you're going to learn to adapt in the midst of every circumstance you're facing and find His grace is sufficient for it. Because we're going to grow up into all aspects into Him. All right. The Bible talks about the sons of Issachar in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. The sons of Issachar, it said they were men who understood the times with the knowledge of what Israel should do. Some folks, we need to recognize what season that we're in right now. If in your life you are going through spiritual spring, let me tell you about spiritual spring. It's exciting. There's new growth happening everywhere. Everything you put your hands to prospers. I mean, you look and you lay hands upon the sick and they jump off the bed shouting hallelujah. That's springtime. Things are great. There's moves of the Holy Spirit. You're seeing angels. You're seeing, sensing the power of God. Springtime is wonderful in the things of God. Summer is high activity. I mean, you're just on a roll in summertime. All this great Uh, great favor that you're experiencing, great fruitfulness is happening. You begin to see maturity and depth, wonderful things happening in the summertime. And if you're in that season, you got to adapt to that season. But if you're in a winter season, you can want to harvest or want to plant as much as you can, but it's the wrong time. You know what? We need to understand where we are, where God has us right now, so we can understand, accept the season we're in, And then let wisdom direct us what to do. There was a time many years ago that the Lord had put me on the back shelf. Let me tell you, I don't like being on the back shelf. Being on the back shelf, I was taken out of active ministry, summertime, put back here in autumn. And then from autumn, I went straight into winter. I was in winter for a few years. And not just because I was living in Alaska. (laughs) It was spiritual winter where I was set aside by the Holy Spirit of God because he had me in a different season. I did not understand being in that season. I didn't understand how come I used to hear from God a lot, now I couldn't. I didn't understand how it seemed my gifts were shut off, how it seems favor was shut off, everything was shut off. I just didn't get it because I was expecting spring and summer and God had deliberately put me in a place of winter. A place of spiritual winter is a place in which your roots are intended to grow, go deep because there's not outward encouragement, there's not outward prosperity, there's not outward signs of productivity, so you have to get your nourishment from down deep. Winter is a time when you develop stability in your life because you're not being led by your emotions and how you feel. You're going by the very life and strength you're drawing up from the Lord and from the Word of God. To me, spiritual winter is a time, I use the phrase, raw faith. Raw faith is when you are acting on the Word of God simply because it says so, not because you feel like it. Because you got no emotions. you got no feelings. But raw faith is just the right thing to do. That's what God said, so this is what I'm doing. (coughs) This is what causes maturity. Adults do what kids don't want to. Isn't that right? Kids don't like to brush their teeth. Little kids don't. I don't brush my teeth. I don't take a bath. I don't do that stuff. Adults do that stuff, right? Nobody even has to remind you. (laughs) But little kids, you have to chase them down to put them in the bathtub. Or fill it up with rubber duckies or something. Because they don't want to. (coughs) Wisdom will will direct you what to do in your season. Jesus taught the parable about the... Foolish man and the wise man. Remember, the wise man is the one who built his house upon the rock. And it says, And when the rains came and the floods came, the torrent came, when it came, it's like no surprise. It's coming. The reason you don't build your house out of straw is because you're expecting a little wind's going to knock that thing over. There's a reason that we build things that are meant to endure storms of life, right? Because we expect there's going to come a thunderstorm. There's going to come a snowstorm. There's going to come something into your life that you're going to wish you had a roof and walls. Okay? And the thing is that Jesus says the wise man built his house upon a rock. And when the rain fell and when the flood came, the house was just fine because the foundation that was laid upon. A wise person builds their life upon the Word of God and the wisdom of God. Build your life upon foundational principles about how to live. One of my relatives said recently, You know, if people just read and did what the book of Proverbs said, they would be really better off. People would be just fine. You know, there's tremendous wisdom in the book of Proverbs. It's a great place to learn how to live. There's all kinds of stuff in there. I I remember one time, this was many years ago, Scott and I were living in an apartment. And this is way before kids or anything. We were very young and, and we were living in an apartment. And one day, one of his friends came over at what must have been the crack of dawn. I don't know what it was. Stood outside and started banging on the door. Scott, open the door. And just yelling his head off, waking the neighborhood up, just banging on the door. You know, if he'd read in Proverbs, it talks about he that blesses with a loud voice early in the morning. You know, it's not considered a blessing. You know, there's stuff like that in Proverbs. Because I was not inclined to be friendly to that guy, you know. There's, you know, there's a proverb, Jen and I were talking about yesterday, you know, the proverb talks about, you don't grab the ears of a dog, you know, basically, is you don't get into somebody else's argument. You know, if people would just mind their own business, that would probably help a lot, don't you think? But sometimes just go over there and just grab the ears of a dog, just go get in the middle of some kind of mess, and then what happens? They get bit, something happens. Proverbs is a great place just to learn how to live. Mm -hmm. A wise person builds their life upon the word and the wisdom of God. Because when you have that foundation in your life, it's going to help you when the storms of life come, you're going to still stand. Storms are coming. If you're not in one right now, one's coming. Why? Because as long as, as the earth exists, there's going to be day and night, seed time and harvest, spring, summer, winter, fall. That means there's going to be all kinds of weather patterns, both natural and spiritual, coming to your life. Let's look at James chapter 3. James 3, we're going to look at verse 13. James 3.13, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but it's earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder, and every evil thing but the wisdom from above is first pure (coughs) then peaceable gentle reasonable full of mercy and good fruits unwavering without hypocrisy and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace notice back in 13 is the gentleness of wisdom the gentleness of wisdom that gentleness is a fruit of spirit (coughs) And as we have got our lives built upon the word of God, we're going to be able to deal with other people gently. Be able to minister to them from the wisdom that we have gained from the scripture. You know, one of the things that always just amazes me about about the Lord is he's, he's so wise and he's so powerful. And he doesn't need us, you know. And he will condescend to sit and have a conversation with us and ask us questions. That just always amazes me. He doesn't need our opinion. He doesn't need that. But he is gentle. Jesus said that he was gentle and lowly in heart. And there's an attitude of humility just to gently come in and to deal with people. Bitter jealousy and selfish ambition. Folks, if this is what's going on in our hearts, we're not accepting the wisdom of the Lord. God's got a higher wisdom for you. Come on. Somebody hurts your feelings and torques you off. And what do you want to do? You don't want to be gentle. You know, you want to, you know, knock them upside the head or something. And and at, at least destroy the reputation. I mean, do something. You know, that's, that's natural. Worldly or demonic wisdom. You know, and and haven't we, you know, sometimes get to our event and party and just begin to calculate all the many ways that we could do this person in? Yeah, you've done it too. Come on, we've all done it. Yeah, what we ought to do is (laughs) begin to calculate some nitty little plan that would make us feel better. But if those things... Those things are bitter jealousy, selfish ambition. Those <coughs> things are going to bring disorder and every evil thing. True wisdom is the pursuit of the knowledge of God. Not just a lot, not even just scripture. But it's, it's pursuit to know the Lord himself. Because God is always greater than you and I can figure out. He's always greater than our wisdom, than our understanding. And there's always an aspect of God that is still mystery. There are some things about God we just don't get. There are some things we don't figure out because there is a mystery element to God. Have you ever been amazed at, well, what did he do that for? Or why didn't he do it the way I thought he would? You said, folks, a lot of times we get our feelings hurt and we get disappointed because we had it in our head how it was going to work. And God had something better in mind. Do you know that the the Israelites thought that Jesus was going to come and kick out the Romans and take over. They thought he was going to set up a natural earthly kingdom. But instead, he had another plan that meant going to the cross. Do you know that when they crucified Jesus, it looked like the absolute end of the world? It looked like complete disaster that Jesus had failed. That's what it looked like, didn't it? Nobody believed in him. His disciples had all taken off. His brothers and sisters thought he was nuts. Maybe his mama still believed in him, but she was probably it. It looked like complete disaster. They had a vision. You know, they thought when the Messiah came, it was going to be this wonderful, glorious thing. And here it looked like complete upheaval and turmoil. But God had a plan. It's hard to see glory. In a crucifixion. Everybody sees the glory in the resurrection. But you know what? It was an act of God. The Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Because see, God was after something greater than would have happened if there had not been a death. Isn't that true? Folks, Jesus had to entrust his well-being to the hands of Almighty God. And that's something that you and I have got to do also. Rather than fight about where we are or complain, let's surrender to the Lord to bring us all the way through. Doesn't the Bible teach in Psalm 23, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. It's like, folks, there's some things you're going to have to walk through. This is called life. But the thing is, we're going to walk through. We're not staying put. Somebody said, if you're going through hell, Keep going. <coughs> Yeah. Going through hell, keep going. Don't stop. Just keep mm-hmm. moving. Just keep moving. Eventually, you get out. All right. The ultimate wisdom is not finding answers to all of our questions, but having an encounter with living God. Job was a man who did not understand the suffering that he was going through. He did not understand the seasons of things that happened in his life. To the point to where he cried out to God for explain things to me. He says, I wish God would come down here right now. I got some questions for God. Haven't we all been there? I got some questions. Mm-hmm. What is going on in my life? What happened? Do you know that God didn't really answer all his questions? Do you ever notice that? God just started asking him stuff like, hey, where were you? <laughs> where were you? You think you knew everything? Where were you? Instead... What Job got, not were answers to his questions, but what he got was an encounter with the living God. Folks, when you and I are in a place of pain and difficulty and we don't understand, you think you want answers. That's not what you need. You need an encounter with God. One time a number of years ago, we were trying to buy a house. And it was like every devil on the earth was trying to keep us out of it. To the point to where my real estate agent said, what is with this deal? I've never seen anything go through this much difficulty trying to get somebody in a house. And I got tossed by the winds and waves with all that going on. So I went whining and crying to God, calling it prayer, went whining and crying and just saying, God, what is with this? I thought you pray, you get it, that's how it works, you know, isn't that what you're supposed to be? Isn't that the way it works? So we, I said, why are we going through all this? Said, Maybe I'm not supposed to have this house. Maybe that's the situation. I don't know. And so I went to church that night, and it just so happened that they had us pair up with people. And so I happened to pair up with one of the elders of the church, and we were just praying for one another. And she looked at me, and she said, what you need to know is he is Lord. I thought, that ain't what I need to know. (laughs) I need to know about this house. I need to know if I'm supposed to push or not. She says, um, I didn't tell her my situation. She got it by revelation. What you need to know is that he is Lord. I didn't particularly like that. But after I left there, I got to thinking about it. And I thought, you know, because if he is Lord, it doesn't matter about the house. It doesn't matter. So I got myself adjusted and I began to gain a little wisdom perspective. That God knew what he was doing in my life. No matter what circumstances were out there, God knew what was going on. And so, therefore, I surrendered myself under his hand. And I said, you are Lord in this situation. If I'm in, if I'm out, it doesn't matter. You are Lord in this situation. Yeah, we closed like two weeks later. We got the house, you know. But it was, and the thing was that I had to get adjustment in my thinking that the current situation I was in didn't really matter if I was keeping my focus upon the Lord because He was committed to having things to work out according to His plan for my life, not necessarily according to what I was expecting. The Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 2, 6-8, Yet we do not speak wisdom among those who are mature. And wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away, But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. God will do things according to his wisdom that don't make sense. He will do things that will cause you to just be baffled. What is that about? But you know what? If it says here, in natural man's wisdom, if they had known what God was doing, they would not have crucified Jesus. If they had, no, if they had understood, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory because Jesus was getting resurrected. And when he was resurrected, they were all in trouble. <laughs> you see? They thought crucifying Jesus, the devil thought crucifying Jesus solved their problem. Don't you love how God just lures the devil in? Mm -hmm. To where the devil thinks he wins, but he has another plan. Because, see, God has eternal, uh, eternal perspective. As you and I grow up in the things of God, we're going to have more of an eternal perspective. You know what? God doesn't freak out and get nervous and worried about anything going on the earth. Not a bit. Because of his perspective, he pulls back. You and I are coming to that same place. To where we're no longer easily tossed around by waves. No longer <coughs> easily shaken. Do you know that lots of times people do not understand disturbances in nature or in life. They don't understand what's going on because they only see it on the surface. Do you know that for years we watched those commercials on TV by, with uh, Smokey Bear. Remember? Mm-hmm. Only you can prevent forest fires, right? Mm-hmm. And all of us heard that and learned that for many years growing up because the mentality was, forest fires are bad. But do you know that scientists have learned that forest fires are necessary to the health of the forest? That not only that, but there are certain types of trees that they even, their bark, like eucalyptus, their bark has oil in it, and when their bark is shedded, whatever you call it, drops off the tree, it creates this this thing that is um, an environment that is very conducive to having a fire. And they, the fire only burns, what's called a cool fire, it only burns at a low temperature. So it burns low enough to where it burns up debris but it won't kill the, some of the trees. They also, they also have fires that will burn just hot enough and just long enough to cause the ground to clear, the ash to go back to be, to be um, good soil for the trees, but also so that some of the seeds will actually begin to produce. Mm-hmm. Forest fires are part of helping a forest renew itself. But you see, all of us were brought up with mentality that any kind of disturbance like that must be bad. Do you know what they learned about thunderstorms? You know what happens to in lightning with lightning? When lightning goes through the air, it releases nitrogen that plants can receive. It's like fertilizer. You know, we always thought lightning was bad. But lightning is actually really healthy for the plants. You know what? If we had a better perspective about what was going on in our life, we might see that some of these things are actually good for us. Right? There are some troublesome things we've gone through that haven't been any fun, but they're actually good for us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Good story. Mm -hmm. Tossed into the fiery furnace... All bound up in trouble. What happened? They had a wild encounter with God. God showed up in the furnace with them. All the ropes, everything burned off of them. They hung out in the fire for a while. Until finally they were called to come out. They came out. Do you think they were ever in their lives again afraid of what the king might say? I'm telling you, not just bonds were burned off their wrists but fear was broken off those guys. Sometimes God will bring you to a point of making you face a fear and overcome it so he can show you who who he is in this season in your life. Whatever's going on. See, God expects us to learn to grow up in all aspects of what we're going through. So whatever you're in, congratulations. You're in a wonderful place to learn something about the Lord. You're in a wonderful place maybe to receive a miracle. You're in a wonderful place to really grow up into all things in the Christ Jesus. So we're going to help you. We're going to speak the truth to you in love. We're going to be gentle. We're going to be patient. We're going to tell you our stories to encourage you that you can overcome this too. And we're going to pray for you and be there for you so that you can understand that next season you'll be helping somebody else go through their challenge. Isn't that right? We're going to get through folks. We're going to overcome. Not be overcome. 1 Peter 4.19 says. Therefore those also who suffer according to the will of God. Shall entrust their souls. To a faithful creator. In doing what's right. See God's got a perspective. God is up to something in my life. And in your life. You know. If we had it our way, we would just live in eternal springtime, eternal summer, no problems, right? I don't like problems, but do you know what? That people don't grow unless they face problems. That's a fact of life. What makes a person mature? Being faced with a problem and having to figure it out, having to overcome. This is how you gain experience, It's how you gain wisdom, it's by taking the principles of God and overcoming some things. Didn't Jesus promise over and over in the book of Revelation? It's those who overcame were the ones who got the white stone, the ones who sit with Him and strong with His Father, right? Those who overcame some things. Folks, you get to overcome some things. Mm. Some of us get to overcome offense. Some of us get to overcome hurt feelings. Some get to overcome physical situations, financial situations, whatever. Everybody gets something to overcome. Because God's after a fruit in our lives. He's after looking at us and seeing the reflection of Jesus Christ. You know, God is after something bigger than just your, you know, happiness right now. Or you're feeling good right now. God's after growing us up because, remember folks, our destiny is to rule and to reign with Christ. Who are the ones who are fit to rule and reign? Those that have overcome some stuff and have learned some things about God. Learned some things about how to live. Learned some things about prayer. Learned some things about the weapons of our warfare. That's who's ready to, to rule and to reign with Christ. So every challenge that we're facing right now, congratulations. It's an opportunity to be promoted. I want us to pray. Because I want you to... Uh, this is not just a little happy pep talk thing. I want you to understand. We want to entrust our souls to God. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I ask you to forgive us for being short-sighted and for only looking at our personal discomfort. And I ask you, Father God, to give us that wisdom perspective to where we can begin to understand what you're up to and what you're after in our lives. That, Father God, that we would put aside feeling sorry for ourselves or complaining. We would also put aside judgment and criticism of people going through challenges right now. But, Father, that we would just learn to grow up into all things in Christ Jesus. Father, I ask, Lord God, for comfort for everyone who has been unsure of your provision, unsure of your care. Father, this is another opportunity to trust you. It's uh, another opportunity to see you work like never before. So, Father, we're going to trust with all the grace that you supply, with all the power that you supply, We're going to trust that you have got our best interest at heart and you are taking care. And the Bible says you will perfect everything that concerns us. Father, these circumstances are not going to swallow us up. They're not going to overwhelm us. They're not going to keep us down. But we will rise up. We will overcome. We will be victorious because your word has promised it. We always triumph in all things by Christ Jesus. And Father, even as some of us are in a place of, of difficulty where it's hard to see the glory and it's hard to see the good. Father, give us perspective that you're breaking things off of us. You're setting us free from former bondages. And we'll be able to be a tremendous encouragement to somebody else. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I bless you and I thank you. Lord, for causing us to increase in wisdom and to be a blessing to one another. Thank you, Lord God. You have loved us with an everlasting love. Though father and mother forsake us, the Lord will take us up. Mm-hmm. That, Lord God, that you are a friend who sticks closer than a brother and that you're the one in whom we trust. I ask you, Lord God, to help, help timid hearts to grow in faith, to grow in trust. And Lord, help us, Lord, to, to know and believe the love that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So. But well, what do you think? Is it okay if it snows again? But <laughs> well, we know it's not going to last, right? And whatever you're in right now, it's not going to last. So we're going to plow through, we're going to overcome and encourage one another, right? We'll hug somebody.